you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Well, well, welcome back, Sass with Cast listeners. It's great that you've chosen to have me in your ear again. You know, it's been 20 long days since I last talked to myself. I mean, you. What the hell have you been up to? Please don't tell me you've been out protesting. Yeah, 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 I went there. But I ain't climbing down that damn rabbit hole. Real quick, something I found pretty interesting. I was looking at my stats and proud to say that the podcast is doing really well. We're up to about 85 total plays. Not bad. Uh, my listeners seem to be spread out a little bit geographically. I've got 73% of us in the United States, 17% of New Zealand. I think I know who that one is. Must be listened to it a bunch, 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 bunch of times. Anyway, got Australia in here for 2%, United Kingdom 2%, Greece and Germany 1%. Interesting. It's also cool. It shows me I got 42% of the people are coming to Anchor, 29% Apple Podcast, and 18% of Spotify. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. It's nice to have all that kind of at your fingertips to know what you're doing and know that you're getting out there. 47% are using the web interface, and 40% are using the iPhones. 5% are using Android. Not bad at all. I prefer Android. It's nice to have this at my fingertips, and lets me know I do have somebody listening. So, as I said, what the hell you been up to? Well, I'll tell you what I've been doing. I've been earning my position in society. You know that thing we do, the call working for a living? Well, that's what I've been up to. Yeah, buddy. I tell you what, folks. If I've said it once, I've said it a million times. Adulting sucks. Okay, let me back up a little bit. The May 10th episode, uh, I told you about me going back to work. I did. The next day. It was really strange going in there. I mean... I had dropped by once a week during the 45 days we were furloughed, working on some Corel Draw lessons. I didn't do any work, and I saw virtually no one. It's like the place was abandoned. Anyway, walking in on the first day, we were told to stop and take our temperature, grab a personal bottle of hand sanitizer, and we've had to stop every day since then and get our temperature taken. When I got to my desk, there was two masks waiting on me. Now, I have kind of like two workstation areas. I have an area that's a cubicle uh, desk area, I guess you would say. It's spread out, printer, workstation, and a computer so I can get things done. And then I have to go downstairs in the warehouse, and I have a area that I share with another co-worker. And that's where we actually do the production part of my job, out in the nice hot warehouse. So I tried to maintain contact during this 45-day furlough with some co-worker acquaintances. Uh, 
and I didn't know who was coming back. And it's kind of strange walking in there and I've maintained contact, but I didn't want to come out and ask anybody because it's really none of my business. And I didn't broadcast that I was returning to work because I didn't feel comfortable with it. And I still kind of feel bad because I think everybody should have been able to return. But there's really not a lot of work for everybody. I mean, I'm staying busy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not the kind of person that's going to stand around, and I think they know that. But at the same time, sadly, it's just we're just not back up to, to speed so we can have a full staff in there. There's normally about 13, 14 people, maybe 15 people at any given time working in the warehouse. And we're literally six, see, there's six of us in the warehouse. And I think the closest anybody is, is 10 feet, uh, 10 feet away from each other at any given time. So we're definitely social distancing. Um, The break room, I noticed, the chairs were still upside down on the tables. And I think they've been that way the entire two, three weeks we've been there. Nobody's sitting in the break rooms, loitering around. And I don't think I've passed anybody in a very close proximity, except maybe when I run to a copy machine to pick up something and the lady at the front desk is there. So we're definitely social distancing. We're definitely staying out of each other's areas. And I think that's good for us because we need to maintain some sort of distance to get our work done. And when we do have to talk to each other, we're still talking at a distance, which is great. It's not impossible. Let's I want people to understand that. It's not impossible. And I haven't had to wear the mask, thankfully, except maybe twice when I went to the copier. I put it on because I'm within about four feet of the lady working up front, and she did the same. Whenever I walked into anyone's area, if I was there for a prolonged period of time other than just kind of like passing through, nine out of ten, I was every bit of six to eight, ten feet away. So I think, I think we're doing pretty good. All in all, I think we're doing really good with it all. Everybody is checking their temperature. Everybody's wiping down their work surfaces. I know I've been wiping things down. So I think we're, we're being a little bit more conscious about things, and that's good. Uh, I know whenever anybody sneezes or anything like that, there's an immediate everybody look. Uh, but we're all healthy, and that's really good. I'm hoping that those coworkers that are waiting understand that uh, it's it's coming slowly the whole economy is just kind of picking back up workforce is not quite there yet and I can honestly say that had it not been for a few big jobs I would have been standing around twiddling my thumbs and I know a lot of people don't want to do that a lot of people just don't want to drive in and have to stand around and do nothing and, and I hate that as well so all in all, I think it's it's not been too bad. And 20 days since I've last spoke with with you guys, and 20 days have been pretty busy. I don't know if I call it luck, me getting called back to work. I don't think I have any luck. Um, I had my own ideas of who I thought may be called back, and I, I'm honored that I was asked back. Really didn't expect it. Um, it really wasn't any of my business anyway who was getting called back or not. And I, I certainly didn't want to make anyone feel as if I was special, because I'm not. And uh, as I've said, too, to some people, I actually feel like I've made more money thanks to that $600 handout than I was when I'm working. 
but I'll evaluate that a little bit more after I share you a little bit, share them a little bit more about the environment. Now, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole called a new normal. Frankly, it's just another day for me because in the world before COVID, I was already pretty much social distancing. I was already covering my mouth when I sneezed or coughed and I was washing my hands. I already avoided close contact with others, especially strangers. I was already surviving with essential services and supplies. I've never been an extravagant person. You know, I don't, I don't need my hair and my nails done weekly. I don't require foods in expensive, trendy restaurants with an abundance of people. I don't need to constantly go places, see and do things, and then brag about it on social media. I kind of just live a simple, quiet, low-key life. I've had my days of traveling and meeting people, hosting kick-ass parties. And folks, we did host a lot of parties and a lot of bodies at some points in our lives. I just don't have a need to be all up in the next door neighbor's business exchanging stories or recipes. My neighborly interaction is limited pretty much to a wave and a conversation across the street. We're not off the grid, but we are low key. All that being said, I go back to work 45 days after 45 days was kind of strange. Even stranger was not knowing who else was back. Once I got a handle on the workload that I needed to be done, I dove into the actual production portion of my job. It was, like I said, only six of us in the warehouse, and we were definitely more than six feet apart. Thankfully, and I was handling things, I wasn't having to hide behind the mask, thankfully. Standing over a 300 plus degree heat press in a warehouse where the temperatures climbed as high as the 80s outside. And that means, in this tin box, we're probably about 100 degrees inside. The swamp fans and the small fan at my feet do nothing but circulate hot air. Now, I'm not complaining so much as just educating. Remember? I said I love my job. Before the furlough, we worked Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 5.30. On, Monday through Thursday, I'm sorry, 8.30 to 5.30. And on Friday, we worked 8.30 to 4. And most people usually took lunch around 12.30 or when we could take it, depending on the workload and demands. And I'm notorious for skipping lunch, and I still am. I know, I know, that's not smart. Now, now with everything else, we're working 9 to 4 if there's enough work. One department actually left last week before one and was off on Friday. And some of us do take a lunch. I'm getting there more like 9.30 or 10 o'clock. <laughs> In part, I've been late because my youngest also returned to work. And 5 a.m. mornings is wearing me out. And I just wake up without an alarm. It's a mom thing. I know people look at me like I'm strange. But as soon as I knew she was going back to work... And I had to be up at 5 o'clock. I kid you not, I rolled over 5 a.m. on the dot. Wide awake. I didn't get up. I didn't get in my inner business. She does her own thing. But I usually do get to give the be careful, see you later, talk to you later. And I stay awake until I get the at work text. And then I'll probably fall back to sleep. Then I oversleep. Which is why I've been late. Sometimes I think I have plenty of time and I spend a little time catching up on social media or doing some research from a podcast, jotting down ideas, and then I still end up being late. I'm not a morning person, never have been, and don't think I ever will be. Fortunately, where I work, they've always been really laid back about our attendance, so long as we're responsible and get our work done as expected and we meet the demands and the, and the deadlines. 
Of course, I do my best to communicate when I'm significantly late. Now, I've remained steadily busy, as I've said. There's no overtime. As I said already, one department's been leaving before one. And we did have two four-day weeks there because of Memorial Day. And that was kind of nice, especially when you've been out for 45 days and then you're back. Having that four-day work week for two weeks was really nice. It was kind of a get our gears back in motion and get ourselves back into a, a routine if we should. I had a day when I wasn't very busy, though, so I spent some time cleaning and rethinking my workflow in my workspaces. It is strange how when you're away from something, it looks and feels different when you go back. I mean, I made a go of the workspaces I was given last June after an abrupt and somewhat traumatic department change. I'm not going to go into that. But anyway, after being away for these 45 days, I found that the workflow just wasn't flowing well. So I did some changes. I rerouted some power cables and cleaned up some clutter. And I, then I jumped on a 300-piece order that took me quite a few days. Now, what I do is I essentially heat press logos on garments, usually polos, backpacks, hats, and, of course, a lot of neck gaiters, masks. And this order was 300-piece polo and it definitely took some time. A lot of work into it. So I was grateful to have that job, that, that order. And that was work. That's what I've been doing. In the midst of all this, I was trying to get material together for the podcast. Lord knows the world around us is full of material, even though I'm limited in exposure. But I have promised my listeners I am not going to dive into politics or religion. Religion. Maybe hot topics. Maybe. So, how many of you noticed the new logo? Are you wondering why it changed? Did you even notice the change? Be honest. Well, of course, there's a story about this. I think it was on May the 17th, I was doing some routine advertising for the podcast. I was posting on the platforms and studying different ways to get things out there. And I got a message from a neighborly friend of mine, Joe. He alerted me to another podcast of the same name on Spotify. This took me by surprise. Because, folks, I had searched all the platforms very carefully while trying to decide on my podcast name. Heck, I had even searched for ideas. Once I had an idea, I searched again. This was not an overnight thing for me. At all. So I was a little bit taken aback by this podcast showing up out of nowhere. So I had to dig in and see who this duplicate was and what it was all about. So I did some homework. I found out this imposter podcast, Sass with Cass, belongs to Cassandra Grodd, a 23-year-old from New Zealand. According to her website, she is, and I quote, a writer, social media personality, and creator. At 23, she's lived the dream, living in New York City, Los Angeles, and London. Unquote. She self-published two books. Her Instagram is somewhat risque or maybe more of a modeling platform. So I can see how she just might get a few more viewers than me. So I reached out to her. Her podcast only had three episodes and started on May 7th of this year. 
So I had hoped that since hers was still new and being developed, that she'd see the benefit of just renaming it. Nope, she didn't. She sent me screenshots of all the duplicate podcasts that are out there already. So I had to do some rebranding. I'm still working on things and I have considered a name change. It's still up in the air. So I started with a logo. I decided to brighten it up a little bit and I added the original to the name. Thanks to the hubs for that suggestion. Maybe we'll have to join forces, Sass with Cass podcast, and do it together. I'm up for it if she is. I have no clue what in the hell we'll talk about besides our long-ass names. We don't have much else in common. But I may still change the name. I'm bouncing some ideas around in my head. I don't know. I do want to thank Joe again for letting me know about this, though. I would have seen it eventually, but he put it in the forefront of my mind. And that helped me work on my advertising, I guess, and change it up a little bit. So, speaking of advertising, what in the hell is going on in this world we live in? I see folks all the time posting all over the place about riots and Black Lives Matter and racism and police brutality. Now, I told you, I don't watch nor subscribe to news media. I skim over the stuff that often shows up in my feed. If it catches my attention, I might read over it, but I usually move on. I have been known to comment something quick, usually not very in-depth thinking, and I don't share it, and I don't get all up in the scene. I do have a friend that's very much in the media and politics. She posts some very interesting stuff, and I'll read it. Hell, who am I kidding? Most of the news I hear is from her or my husband. I did have two cents to share on a post she posted. It was a video of a cop of color holding a young guy of color, yelling at him and holding him by the neck and shoulders against a car. The young man was clearly not listening to the cop. And on top of it, a woman, also of color, was in very close proximity of the cop yelling at him. Now, folks, the problem I have with video and photos is they can be altered. And you're not seeing the complete picture. It's not like we're living back in the 80s when all you had to, that's close to a live photo was a Polaroid that you had to wait 20 seconds to develop. There ain't no way to alter a Polaroid in the 80s. I'm sure somebody's come up with a way, but there wasn't then. Photos really were worth a thousand words. Today, with digital cameras, zoom lenses, cell phones, you can't really take a photo for what it's worth unless you see it yourself. I have seen my own kid take a picture, clean it up in mere seconds, and it looks nothing like the original setting where we were just taking the photo. So for that reason alone, I do not believe photos or videos, unless I see it with my own eyes. So looking at that information I saw on this post, I could only come up to one sensible and common sense conclusion. The young man was obviously doing something to catch the eye and the hands of this cop. We all know that, as I've posted before and said before, police, fire, and EMS are called first responders. They're never there when a crime is about to happen. They arrive after it has happened. So, following that common sense logic, and based on what I could see presented in the snippets this young man 
was called upon by someone who witnessed him doing something or turned him in because he was being looked for. Police arrived on the scene, and chances are he wanted to assert his rights and not comply with the police orders. The woman, presumably a bystander, maybe a relative, knowing little to nothing about the situation, sees a physical altercation and begins attention, brings, to, brings attention to the situation. And yet you have another bystander, the person videoing the altercation, is doing what the lady should have done and stayed away. By her choosing to insert herself into the scene, she's presenting herself as a viable threat to the officer who's trying to apprehend or defuse the young man who is clearly not complying with the officer's requests. Now, imagine, if you will, as a parent, you have four kids. One's choking and you're doing your best to help. The other three begin to close in like walls closing in on you and you panic. You begin to feel out of control. This woman was those three kids in this officer's vision and a threat. The situation got out of hand, clearly. Now, what could have been done? Maybe if we all just remember the rules of society, this sort of stuff would not be taking the forefront of our lives. The rules of society is simple. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. If you don't expect to be yelled at, don't yell at somebody. If you expect someone to stop when you yell stop, you stop when you're told to. Especially when law officials order you to do so. Now, I've been stopped a few times in my life, and no, I'm not of color. But I'm automatically on edge because I don't want to do anything to cause the police to feel the need to escalate a situation and potentially put me or anyone else in harm's way. I comply with the standard process, and while I may attempt to give my point of view, I do not in any form or fashion attempt to take over the situation. You want respect, you give respect. And this means cops must learn to respect the community. Quit over-asserting their authority. Quit abusing their authority. If they want to do anything, start enforcing the little things. For example... In our neighborhood alone, there's a restriction within the city limits about parking on the street. And I have looked it up. Parking on the street more than 48 hours is a $50 fine. Parking on the street more than 48 hours in the wrong direction is an immediately towable offense and a $50 fine. We have a car on our street that I have passed every day for the past four years. Parked the wrong way, never moved. Now, folks, if we would just have law enforcement enforce the small things, they wouldn't become larger. Because that one vehicle sits there as long as it has, someone else sees it, and they know they can get away with it, and they do it. And then someone else sees it, and they do it. And it continues to where we have a gauntlet to get out of our neighborhood. And this becomes a major problem because so many other people are doing it that you begin to hinder emergency traffic flow. You put people's lives at danger when kids are playing, when somebody's trying to cross the street at an intersection, when a car is not supposed to be parked near a stop sign or a fire hydrant. These are little things. You could put a simple 
police officer on a bicycle up and down the street and they could make $300 if they enforce that fine and that fine alone. I've counted it up. If you go through the neighborhood all the way to the front, you could probably find as much as $1,000 of the fines that could be imposed. Easy money. And it would be a simple, simple thing for people to understand. Don't abuse the law. And the law people, police officers, lawyers, whatever, could fight it out later. And if they need to change the law, they change the law. But I guarantee you, if you take care of the little things, it won't become big things. It's just like kids. You stop them from doing one thing, they won't make it into bigger things. Take care of the little problems first. Then they can't become big. Simple. Now, we all know that there's laws in place, too, about, like, every state regarding cell phones. In Tennessee, there's signs reminding you that they're a hands-free state. In New Jersey, you better not use your cell phone. Yet, how many still have their damn cell phones in their hands texting or talking? I know for a fact that in New Jersey will nail your ass. The residents will even warn you. How many of you even know that it's illegal to pump your own gas in New Jersey? Would you intentionally go do it anyway? No, you would not. Because you did, you would be wrong. And you would receive reprimand for it. I see so many people th to this day driving around with a cell phone in their hand. I call it the hot dog or the candy bar. They got the phone right up to their face, talking into the bottom of it as if they can't be heard. Now, folks, <laughs> you can't tell me that cars today don't have Bluetooth. I am driving around in a 2016 that's got Bluetooth. And if I look in the lane next to me and I see someone driving around in a 2016, 2017 of the same vehicle, I know they have Bluetooth, yet they're sitting there with a phone in their hand talking like a hot dog. No excuse. Technology is cheap enough. Buy your Bluetooth adapter. If you don't know how to do it, find somebody to help you do it. I'll do it for free. I will show you how to connect your phone. There's no excuse for it. It's a distraction and it's a law. And yet we still see people violate it to this day. And if a police officer pulled you over for it, you would begin to scream and yell and holler when it's a law. Plain and simple, it's a law. Follow it. Bottom line to all this looting, rioting, and screaming, just stop. You're not doing anyone any good. You're just giving in to the media. This stuff seems to have taken the front seat to the masks, you know it? How ironic. Speaking of masks, I've been out and about now under these new guidelines. And I can say this much, not too many folks gives two shits about masks or the signs about guidelines. I was sitting in the Lowe's parking lot waiting on a pickup order. I saw several couples get out of their cars and go inside. Every single one of these couples walked by a sign that said, one per household. I took a picture of three couples back to back to back walking in right past that very large sign that I could see from the parking lot. Nobody followed that rule. And you know what? Nobody was there enforcing that rule either. No one has respect for rules. That's what's got us where we're at. Now, I agree it is kind of stupid. 
We're allowed to go to a restaurant with our families, yet we can't go shopping. It doesn't make any sense. I get it. That is part of the reason why folks are just not paying attention to the new guidelines is because we've received so many contradictory things to do and things to keep us safe. I mean, it's been said a million times. We can go shopping, eating, and now riding in groups, but we can't vote in person. I'll be the first one to say I think it's all a ploy and the whole COVID was just a big plot to control us. That's all I'm going to say, and that is, I know, remotely political. Okay, folks, it's time for me to get off this soapbox and prepare for the next week. As always, you're more than welcome to chime in and give me your two cents or three. Email me at climbaboardmysoapbox at gmail.com. Call or text 859-951-8870. Until next time. You have a good one. Sass with Cass is available on several popular podcast platforms, including Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Breaker, Google, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. When requested, listeners' names and contact information will be omitted. We all have the right to voice our opinion, and there will be zero tolerance for any hate or ill-intended communication to this podcast author or its listeners. This podcast is brought to you by the solo efforts of your host, Cass. Any and all mentions of businesses or products is purely voluntarily and without compensation. When possible, businesses and products are referred to in generic terms to avoid any potential misrepresentation. Sass with Cass, the original has the right to use or refuse any and all correspondence from its listeners.